Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's guests include Trend Expresso, as well as Main Man J, <laughs> no longer known as Mark Roundhouse, potentially Giga J, but anything in between. Welcome, you guys. Hopefully you're having a great day today. Good to be yes, here. sir. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. As always, of course. Yes. By um, the way, Giga J uh, is not allowed still to this point, but that's up for discussion in the future. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it. Okay. We'll discuss it part of your contract. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, both of these guys are, they're both traders from our Discord, the Crypto Yams Discord and the Triple Confirmation Discord. If you guys are interested in either of those, links will be both on the Triple Confirmation website, tripleconfirmation.com. And with all that said, let's head over to the charts and let's take a look at what we've been doing over the course of this week so far. Uh, what we can kind of expect going into the rest of the week and potentially the weekend. Yes, first things first, we're going to start out here on our macro charts, as always, taking a look at weekly. As of the previous meeting, we were talking about potentially seeing a green dot showing up on Market Liberator, and we are seeing that at, at, at this current time. Um, of course, this doesn't close for another four four days, so... There are some things we need to deal with first before we see this confirmed and completed. But it's a great first sign that the weekly macro is starting to show some signs of relief, some sort of bounce midterm, maybe going into the longer term, potentially if we can continue this momentum uh, from here. So that's a great sign. Again, the rockets, not you know, nothing on these indicators is concrete until everything's in the same direction. but. Again, great first initial signs. We have a huge potential bullish divergence here, potentially, if things were to set up from here. Volume of the sell volume is continuing to drop off. So some nice early signs in that fashion. Um, heading down to our four day and one day. Um, again, sell volume is decreasing over time, um, but momentum of the money flow is still uh, heading to the downside here. So. Uh, this four-day close closes in one day. I would really like to see this start to flatten out or turn back up in the money flow before uh, anything's for sure. Um, that would be a great sign as well. Um, in that midterm overall macro, we can see that daily has already done so, is turning back up in the money flow. We've confirmed a green dot as of three days ago and potentially an actual daily triple confirmation on Bitcoin. Uh, to confirm as of today, in two hours, potentially. Again, it's flickering right now. It's it's appearing and it's disappearing, meaning we're right on the cusp and the edge of potential TC back up. Oh, where was our previous sell? Still from all the way back here. So no invalidation of anything in here. Um, this is would be the first triple confirmation going back to last month. So a whole month being TC'd to the downside, potentially now TC'ing back to the upside with some bullish divergence here across our Liberator and our Wolfpack. So again, you know, as we stated on Monday, uh, a macro starting entry in this area 
would have been a good idea. It is still a good idea. We're only $1,000 away from the bottom here of where this divergence started, and we haven't seen the TC yet. So, you know, anything in and around 20,000 to 19 would be a great starting macro entry for a long. Um, I would be, again, taking more profit off of your short based on this divergence. It's not 100% confirmed yet, but you've got like a 90% chance that this will confirm as it stands right now, being only that we're two hours away. Okay, so that's kind of where we're at in the midterm. Um, definitely looking for the, that opportunity um, for some sort of relief rally. We, we've already talked about the levels being 25. If we can get through 25, uh, the next level is going to be 28 to 30. That's going to be our key level resistance. Um, the very important level that obviously would teeter-totter us up into a more macro bullish fashion if we can get above it. Um, if we see a hard rejection off of 30 and we don't continue to make higher lows from that rejection, then we're probably more than likely going to be seeing a break back down off of a rejection off of the key resistance. So very much be paying attention around 30 if we get back up there. If we can't even get to 30, we get to 25 or 28 and we reject from there. It's probably worse off for the bulls because the bears would be showing their full control. So something to keep in mind are those levels. Um, jumping into our midterm and short-term timeframes, um, being four-hour here we're starting with, we can see that Wolfpack, uh, Money Flow, Potato Signal, Triple confirmation, they're all in agreement to the upside, even though it's been very shaky throughout this whole thing that we've been kind of turning around with. Money flow is going to be that ultimate kind of decider. And as things are going right now, it's been continuously making higher lows and continuing in the upward fashion. So overall, the momentum is building. The market structure is on our side. The Fib lines have reset to the upside. And we can see that our 1618 is sitting up here at around $28,000. So Really, the 23 to 25 coming in at our from our 618 to our first first fib full extension would be 25, and then the next 618 is going to be 28. So you can see the correlation between all three of these levels and why they're important as well, just just in those uh, fib levels. Um, so again, important levels to be paying attention to for resistances and to what's to happen in those times. As far as the indicators, I mean, Wolfpack has tons of room to make to the upside, whereas Liberator is already pretty high. We're sitting at about a 40-50% uh, to the upside here, where obviously if we were to get into the Bad Uncle Touch Me zone, the 60 to 75 level, and reconfirm back to the upside, that would more than likely give us an extension into these first levels, um, which is kind of what I'd be looking for, some sort of explosive move um, to push us out of this consolidation, because as we know, we've been in this consolidation for almost a month straight or longer, um, stuck between the 21-22 and 18-19. So breaking that is the first order of business. Um, if we were to break and we were to see 23, we're more than likely going to come back and retest around 21-500 before potentially seeing the continuation. Now, of course, everyone in the group knows this already, but of course, anything we say here in the podcast is not financial advice. We don't want you taking it as financial advice. You know, take everything with a grain of salt, do your own research, and figure it out for yourself. Once you understand what we're saying and the indicators that we use, 
you know, this stuff becomes a lot clearer, a lot easier to follow along and a lot easier to make your own decisions based on those indicators. So the last thing I'm going to say before I open it up to my good friend Jay and Trent Espresso is that the S&P very much in the same type of posturing as Bitcoin right now. This was one of the bigger things that I was looking at yesterday to say that this was more than likely going to continue on Bitcoin because the S&P, you know, was finding bottom on support. The momentum was pushing to the upside. Um, there is some bullishness, blah, bullishness <laughs> in these charts. Again, with the money flow, the liberator making bullish divergences along this bottom. Um, what I'm looking for here is a more off, like well-rounded uh, bottom, hopefully. So potentially pushing us into next month before we really start to see some resolution from this thing. But overall, as long as it continues to round off and show bullish strength, um, we're actually not really looking that bad. Overall, uh, of course, our macros are still completely down. Um, if the midterm continues to kind of turn around in this region, then that's going to more than likely change those macros back into a bullish posture, or at least turn them back up to try and get into a bullish posture. It's going to take at least three to four weeks before we have an answer for that. But daily is going to give us earlier signs. It may flip back and forth one, two, three times in the meantime, but as long as it's, it's, it overall stays that the momentum is continuous, continuously pushing to the upside, I don't think we're in bad shape at the moment. So yes, trend. It does look like we got a, a few drives of bullish divergence, don't we, right there on the right side, the one the daily chart for S&P? That's correct. It's only really showing up. I mean, it, if, you, if you don't take into account this one pushdown, everything else would be diverging from there. And Liberator showing the same thing. I think it's way, way more obvious on the Liberator. Right. And the money flow. Mm-hmm. For sure. How do, weekly, also, there's a divergence, isn't there? In the S&P, correct? Yeah. Yes. I think if you zoom in on the, on the Wolfpack, or no? Yes. I mean, between the points of October 2020, September 2020, and now, there would be a huge hidden bullish divergence if this were to TC back up, right? Not confirmed mm -hmm. yet, um, but potential for that to happen. And then going back from previous points, there was a bunch of divergence stacked up to the low of 2020, whereas even though this is diverging in the midterm macro, it still would potentially count as a converging wave for those previous macro divergences, right? We had all these divergence moves. They played out to the upside. We haven't, we have yet to see a converging wave, a higher low continuation wave, and it has its own divergences at the same time. So if this were to turn up completely and fully in the macro, this, I mean, there's a lot of potential strength here that I think a lot of people are missing right now. You know, the stock market, obviously, for the last uh, couple months here has been very bad, not great, but we've had a very sharp decline. And I mean, it almost feels like we're back here in 2018 at this point where we have this huge explosive move. And then the realization that we just, you know, the economy is actually in the shitter. And a huge crash comes from that makes more sense to me than just just continuously dumping from here. I would say, I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. But obviously, I have some ideas here not to be taken super seriously. But given the, the size of the fractal and given how it played out the last couple times, um, this could just be the pre-dump before the real dump. But that means that we still need to break higher highs and, and or continue first before things rip off 
for sure. Is there a certain number of candles that you like to see between the two points of divergence? Like, do you like to see, you know, four candles, 10 candles? Is there any like number that you look for? Because uh, I think on that wolf pack there, it does kind of look like there's, if you zoom way in, like maybe three candles apart, there's like at the very end right here, right? It looks like a higher low on the wolf pack, but a lower low on the actual chart. Do I have that right? You see what I'm saying? Are you talking about these two right here? Oh, no, no, no. If you go back like uh, like to, let's see, I don't know what that would be, June 20th or so compared to like May 15th or something. See what I'm saying? You got that big red candle down. Yeah. Okay. June 13th compared to, to the left, May 16th or whatever. Is that uh -huh. too close together for you? Do you think that that's like not a divergence or? It is, but right, like that's going to, that's not really a weekly div that's going to come into like 16 hour and this daily as to why we're seeing this that we were pointing out on daily prior right because gotcha. yes clear divergence on the liberator and the wolf pack from these two points of the around the 16th to the 20th mm -hmm. may to june right yeah, i would say that's more of a midterm type of setup here but still part of the overall setup as you know as a whole anyway got you got you yeah it's always fun to pick your brain about that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love, no, I love getting those questions. I love breaking down the information, you know, because sometimes, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a wizard. I can't see everything a hundred percent clearly all the time. I miss things. I'm a human. You know, that was the word I was going to use to describe you as a wizard, chart wizard. As of many before you, don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, what do you guys think? I know uh, Jay's always on the opposite end of the spectrum usually from myself, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and then maybe trend if you want to jump in as well. You think I'm going to battle you today, do you? Well, you know, that's how the dare you be bullish, only bearish, always down. That's, that's pretty much how the market feels. Right. A couple things in particular that uh, you kind of stole my thunder, man, with some of the points you made, you pretty much called out just about everything I was going to say. So I'm going to add a little bit to it. Yes, I agree with the numbers, you know, like 23, 25, 28, 32. That's pretty much it. If uh, I have my my screen share going on here, I know for if you're listening on the podcast, you're like, I don't see your screen, Jay. So I don't know why you're talking about it. So I'm gonna make it easy. And for those of you that see my screen, all the blue rays I have are pretty much my key areas of interest, really. So pretty much right now, as long as we don't close a daily candle, and I'm talking about regular candles here, um, as long as we don't close a daily candle below 19.2, 19.3, right in there, uh, I, I think we're still go we're good for a push up here. I have a pretty major macro fib pull from, I took it from the low of the 2018 bear market. And it was at like, what, like $3,100 all the way back in December of 2018. So the lowest of low from 2018, right? And I pulled that all the way to the 69,000 high we had. And uh, God love the memes. And uh, yeah, this is on logarithmic scale. But uh, it's been it's been pretty effective so far, actually, this Fibonacci pull here. Uh and you can see that the the 236 level at like 33,000 was really well obeyed. That's where we initially bounced back in January. Um, and we kind of just flipped that into resistance, pretty much. So we're bouncing around right now on the 382. It's at like 21,000 or so. It's like a magnet. So we're just kind of bouncing around here. Uh, yeah, Whitlow, if I did. It's, it's based on log scale. Appreciate the question, though. Um, and so it's kind of bouncing around this 21,000 range, right? You notice it's kind of been our resistance to a point. 
So that that's been a sticky uh, a sticky spot, right? Pretty much, if we can get over twenty one thousand, then I'm looking for twenty three thousand, twenty five three or so. Twenty five thousand three hundred was our wick low back in May before we tried desperately to hold on to thirty thousand. And then the key spot for me, I think, more than anything, is the summer low we had from twenty twenty one. It was at twenty eight thousand eight hundred. Depends on your exchange. This is Coinbase. But 28,800, I think, is going to be a very um, contested spot. Not only were we trying to hold that as support for how long was this? From what, the 11th of May? We held that for a month support, right? And then we broke down and we never retested it. And we formed some divergences on the way down. And what do divergences do? And this, this brings into mind what Trend was saying. Hey, didn't, do you see a divergence? I know exactly what you're talking about with those two spots there. Um, but all it did was flip support into resistance. And oftentimes divergences I've learned just pretty much are a retest of whatever you broke through. So if we're going to break through 28.8, okay, well, we formed some divergences. Is that going to bring us back for the retest? You know, we would need some higher timeframes to do a 40, what, from 17,000? What is that, like 60%? We're going to need some month or weekly divergences to get us up 60%. That's my thought. And we're starting to get those. We're getting a green dot. Um, we're starting to get some of those bullish setups. So I, I definitely think there's potential for us to get up to like 28, 29 right in there. But I, I'm going to be watching like a hawk when we get there. I'm pretty convinced we're going to end up going there before, uh, you know, Bitcoin does any sort of like dastardly deeds down to 16, 15. So. Sure. I'd be interested to see volatility, especially like the BBWP, see how that reacts. I, I would think if we even get to like 25 or something like that, I mean, that's that's kind of what I think. I think there's like a midterm balance possibly lurking, 24, 25, somewhere in there. Maybe, what was the number that you had, 25, 3J? Yeah, 25, 3 was our wick low pretty much from when we uh, crashed down the last uh, to our last lows. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, if if we start to see that come up, and you see uh, market liberator getting pretty high on the daily, maybe seventy, eighty, something like that, similar potential like bearish divergence could be forming even on uh, Wolfpack at that point. And you see BBWP up there, maybe at ninety, ninety-five, something like that percentile. I'd be thinking that that's probably your next lower high and uh, before either a converging wave down or potentially, right, if you do get through that, then then it opens up the, the question like, okay, we're, we're now, at, Bitcoin's at 26.5. Okay, are we going to see a retest of 28? How contested is that going to be? Uh, is this the macro low? Now, personally, I think that the macro low gets built over months. So I would think that it, it goes up, that midterm bounce, 25 rejects, and we come down and come back to it at that point, see if 19K holds. Right. Yeah, I would assume that because this is also our previous all-time high level, um, yeah, we're going to need to tap it at least two to potentially three times before we were to see a break below concretely. And I still think that that's very possible. For sure, it just depends on how we build up here, how much momentum is built at 20. But, you know, you normally don't break a major support level on the first or even second touch of it, right? You have to you have to continue drilling momentum to the downside in order to. Smash you got to massage that support level. Yeah, you got to You got to ease. Got to kind of work it a little bit. <clears throat> That's exactly we 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 haven't had any relief really 
since we started cracking down from 68, right? But you can see, like, we had to touch 60 twice in order to push through 30 or to get the full-on rejection. We had to, like, are, are we sure we're not getting through 60 the first time? Okay, well, well, let's try it again. We go back to major support at 30. And then we head to 60 again. And this time it can't break through again. It gets a little bit higher. It builds divergence, meaning we had less momentum up there than we did the first time, meaning buy volume is was dropping off in that region. And, the, and everyone agrees, okay, we're not getting through 60. Well, now we're testing 30 for a third time. And well, oh man, okay, well, the strength actually isn't there at 30 anymore. And we crack through. And now we're put in the same situation, but the range is tightened between 20 and 30. This is some pretty hopium, but I just feel like that monthly chart you got up, Jay, is it just looks so similar to me. Twenty, uh, like late twenty twenty one through this year twenty twenty two, compared to twenty eighteen, it keeps like kind of uh, what do you call it, descending triangle, right? And then you have that big dump off candle, whatever that is, like November December twenty eighteen, and same thing here. You got that big dump off candle. Yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's probably the biggest hopium, right? Is that we we're now like starting that little rounded bottom on a monthly. Yeah, and the the one thing that gets me here is the fact that we closed the monthly below the three eight two there, mm -hmm. uh, that that teal line, right? The twenty one thousand, and we're still below it, right? So we need to see a crack. The reason I pulled the monthly up here too is because it really puts into perspective that summer low at twenty eight eight. How valuable that was because uh, two months ago, you can see in May, we in that monthly, we held it. We wicked below it to 25.3, but we ended up closing all the way back up at 31.5, right? We held that summer low for that month and we needed this gigantic red meteor to hit crypto and Bitcoin, right? So that happened. It just might take a little bit to get there. Hence why I was saying weekly needed, you know, and get some of those weekly divs. And it's like a weekly play, but I think the monthly is still going and end, end up uh, winning out in the end. So absolutely, man, it'll drag, I mean, it'll drag us back down afterwards is my thought. I think you can even go back, you know, to a month or so ago when we were talking about it the first time when we were just testing 30 and 28 and we said, you know, 28,500 is that the most important key level we have here if we close below it on a daily you know then we're expecting 20 or or in that area and what exactly happened was exactly that we closed a daily below 28.5 it just it just so happened that it happened over a weekend and you know you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt because a lot of time things that happen over the weekend especially when you close below a freaking important key level they don't usually end up continuing to play out, right? It's more of like a fake out shenanigans, whatever. It just, yeah, we had so much momentum stacked in behind after closing below that it was able to continue, right? Because really, we really had no real sell momentum in that area until we closed below 28.5. But I just thought that was a cool fact that we, uh, we absolutely nailed that level the first time. And now we can also, you know, it also adds confluence to that level now of, you know, if we were to retest it and how hard it's going to be to get back above that level between 28.5 and 30. Yeah. My thought uh, to finish my, my spiel yeah. would be pretty much don't, uh, like, I'm not getting too much hopium here. I'm saying things like, yeah, we're going to move up probably, but like, yeah, probably. It's all probabilities in the end, right? 
the way it's kind of setting up, it looks like it. But I also have on my chart here for a reason, a triangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just like this kind of just looks like a bearish flag as well, too. So one other thing to put in perspective, like, yeah, we do have divergences, but at the same time, divergences don't have to play out right to like reverse. They might just be retests. And it's kind of like that's what we're doing is we're just retesting over and over. So we just need to see something break. But I still see a possible bear flag here. Just my two cents. Sorry, I had to I had to add some like Mount Doom to this, you know, some some fiery inferno. It's just kind of like reality check because like I'd like to see us move up there. Right. I'd like to see that rally. It would make more sense. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, it doesn't matter what you want. It's whatever the chart does. Well, and essentially, like, you know, moving our way back up to 28.5, is that really going to is that going to TC the weekly back up? Probably not. Right. We could we could do that within a week or two. Turn back down. The weekly still TC down at that point, you know, and that was our relief retest, whatever. Like you're definitely, you know, take advantage of it because it's, it's a, it's a 30% increase in price, but at the same time, know that until the macros are back in the bullish posturing and ha- we have TC on our side in those higher, higher timeframes, um, you're absolutely right. We still need to look at this as potentially a lower high projection, bearish divergence and reshort back down. I mean, it goes right in line with what Jay said before with divergences, right? We were maybe we're gonna uh, flip that uh, twenty-five thousand-ish level, twenty-six thousand level from uh, previous potential support, like because of the uh, Wicklow to now the it's going to govern us. It's going to be uh, resistance, right? Well, they would be right. They would be the middle of the current price action if we were to push. You know, like twenty-five would be the middle of like twenty-eight and twenty-one, twenty-two. So. Makes makes a lot of sense. Like I said, I don't think we're gonna pop right through it. I think we're gonna get into twenty three to twenty five. Probably see a short term rejection. Let the shorter term time frames cool down. Um, hopefully, get a higher low, and then either push through it the second time or the third time, and do the same thing with twenty eight. You know, if we hit twenty eight and we reject, we're probably coming back to twenty five. If we do it again right away, um, we may. End up retesting, let's say twenty six five hundred or twenty seven, or maybe even lower. Maybe we see a hidden bullish divergence by hitting twenty five the first time, coming back to twenty eight, rejecting, going down to twenty two or twenty again, um, finding a hidden bullish divergence, and then trying again and again. Just we need, you know, volatility is going to pick up a lot if we start to turn around here in the midterm macro, right? We're gonna we're gonna see retests of these levels again and again and again, just because. There's been so much uncertainty and even like even the fear and greed index today, you know, we're finally I think we've we're above a 17 for the first time in two to three months. You know, we're back at an 18, 19 level. So that is a great sign for us. Um, But you can tell that there's a lot of uncertainty still, you know, no one's no one was expecting 20 to, to hold. But that's just the new traders for you. They only see the direction that you're going at the top. Right, where seasoned traders can see those reversals a lot better than the average person and say, no, we're probably not going to just continue dumping as we have been, right? Because there's these signs that we're starting to turn around. Trent, you got anything else for us, man? You got some super hidden information that you're they're with you're withholding from us all? 
I am Trend Espresso, and I bring you your daily source of your daily dose of hopium to copium with the current environment. Uh, okay, here, here's the here's a piece of, of hopium, yeah? The SMA 250 on Russell 2000 ETF weekly chart, as well as you can draw this. Uh, it doesn't quite fit perfectly, right? It's a little bit above here, a little bit below here. Uh, in uh, 2016, it went a little bit below the line. 2011 didn't quite touch it, but generally been bouncing off the 250 week SMA. It's held as support uh, and price is right now right at it. You can see right there. We're right at it. Um, Even the horizontal support line, that's just a straight diagonal. It's not that much lower. Maybe another, I'd have to draw that out, maybe 10%. Uh, Oh, not even 7%. So probably this is a uh, a potential thing you could look at and say that it, 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 there's there's not so much more uh, downside or if there is you'd at least expect it to to have a midterm bounce somewhere in this region, right? Come back up and see a, a converging wave for further downside if if we were going to see that. Typically, as, as we say, things don't. I mean, this has been quite extreme, right? November 2021 to present, just down. I mean, like, like this uh, March 2022, is this even like a bull trap? I mean, it, it, I would say on this chart, it hardly even looks like one, right? It's like, that's a pity rally. That's nothing. Um, so this is one chart that I like to uh, pay attention to. If we look at something a little bit maybe more bearish, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, oil futures, uh, in 2008, they just fell off a cliff. Let me see if I can actually, uh, let's get an actual percentage on this. Roughly negative, roughly 75% down in 2008. Um, the market didn't fall that much, right? The market fell more like 50, 55%, depending on whether it's NASDAQ or Dow Jones. Um, it is starting to to form a peak here, as you can see, uh, the last this is a two-week chart. So the last like six weeks started to come down from a high of whatever this is, 120 and change, 121, 122, down to now under 100. Uh, this is just crude oil, um, but it's, it's something I think interesting to to keep note of. Um, if if you if I did try to you know kind of think about. Uh, look at the shape of this chart and where, like, if I'm just really dubiously speculating a bottom using this one, right? You look at where price was three, four years prior, right? So similar thing, you look like three, four years prior, somewhere in here, maybe. Uh, December 2018, all of 2019. If you look at that on Dow Jones, for example, that would be, let's see, this is 2018, 2019. That'd be another like 15% down the Dow Jones would have to fall. Super dubious, right? I mean, but if you're extrapolating it that far, why not take it one step further? Why not, right? Uh, so if you do the same thing on Bitcoin, Bitcoin usually, I think, moves around twice as, uh, it's like a two to one, basically, to Dow Jones. Uh, so if Bitcoin goes down 30%, that would put a bottom around 14.4%. Some, somewhere in that, in the mid-teens, 14,000, 15,000, something like that. Another thing that I think is interesting here is the difference between the uh, COVID high or like the, the, the high in early 2020 before the COVID dump compared to the current price, yeah? So on the Dow Jones Transportation Index, the Transportation Index is about 17% higher than where it was uh, just before the COVID dump. On Dow Jones, though, it's only 5% higher, the current price, than what it was just before the COVID dump. 
to me that kind of if i'm thinking about this and what i know about the divergences between these two charts like when they they correspond or they don't i think typically the transportation index is a is more of a leading indicator than dow jones itself because the entire economy resolves or revolves around or resolves sure around goods moving right they and and necessarily that means transportation transporting the good um, and this also takes into account airfares and other um, any kind of uh, what's the, what's the word discretionary travel right for for luxury or just vacation stuff like that and I think all of those things, they, they all work together. The economy flowing more, goods moving around, people deciding to take more vacations, they have disposable income, etc. So I would kind of be thinking that maybe, I don't know, to me, it's, it's I, I, would, I would say 15% further down, come back into this thick, for Dow Jones and, the, and traditional markets, come back into this thick uh, price volume here, uh, you know, between, let's see, 24,000 and 28,000 or am I reading that right? No, 26,000, 27 to 24,000, something like that is I think to me a, a likely scenario. I'm not going to say worst case, right? Cause worst case could be, it takes out the COVID lows, goes another 50% further. Uh, you know, th- there's always a worst case. Yeah. Yes. And then there's always a, a bullish case or a best case. If you want to, you know, if, if you're just a, long, right? Or if you're a spot holder, then um, there's always the case, oh, well, this is gonna, just going to be a V-shaped recovery like 2020. Yeah, okay, that's the best case, okay? And the worst case is we go like 70% down more. But uh, I, I, I try to think about what is more of like a middle of the road kind of likely thing that's potentially going to throw some people off, but has some data to support it. Right. And, and, and I, I also feel like when people say, when you have mass media and all these people saying, Oh, we're in a recession. Oh, it's, we're, we're going to, it's going to be tremendously, uh, difficult times ahead to me. That's, that's like a plus one in the, in the bullish column, right? It's, it's when there's so much bearish sentiment that, that I think there's not tons of, there then isn't quite that much fuel to the downside because I think most people would just do it on fear, right? They would capitulate, sell their stuff, and then admit, yeah, it's a bear market. I don't know. Maybe that I'm just kind of rambling on here, but uh, that's kind of what I got on traditional markets for the exact moment. Um, let's take a look at how SPY is doing. SPY is pretty, pretty decent. Um, Dixie is pumping. I know the euro is down to almost in, into parity with the, uh, with the dollar. It's not something we've seen in a very long time. Typically, you not always, but typically you want to see the uh, the dollar start to show uh, weakness in order for the the stock market to show strength. Um, but it's it's not always the case, right? In, in this from two thousand eight, nine, ten, all the way to fifteen, sixteen. The stock market was just in a bull run the entire time, right? And Dixie did rally from whatever this low is seventy two to bouncing around in the 90s. So I, I think that this is a piece of the puzzle, but I wouldn't put tremendous weight on the Dixie chart needing to top out in order for everything else to, to start, uh, especially because Dixie is the US dollar strength compared to other fiat currencies. I'd feel differently if it was directly US dollar into the stock market. But if you kind of want to see US dollar into the stock market, you could just as easily look at the stock market chart itself, right? Because everything's um, it's all settled in dollars anyway. Yeah, I guess that's kind of all I, I really got. Uh, I think it's it's great that the the daily is 
let's see, is it actually TC'd up or is it? No, no, no. It's trying to print a TC up right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it'll probably, I feel like it'll probably do this. It'll probably confirm this TC. We do have an hour left. We'll see. And, um, from there I, I'd be as, as far as short term, I'd be looking for that, that short medium term bounce that we were talking about 25, 26,000 region 24, maybe. And, uh, and look for a lower high at that point and then come down, hold support around the 19,000 area, or is it going to break? And we're going to see those, those lower numbers. Yeah. That's what I got. Awesome. Very good insight. I appreciate that you opened up multiple traditional charts. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you said. The only, the one thing that I see is that I don't think we essentially need to touch that line, just like we didn't need to touch it back in like 2012 to 2013. We came pretty the much Russell? as we are right now. Yeah, the chart you're looking at right now, the Russell 2000. Oh yeah, we, we don't need to touch it. I mean, we, we are at the 250 SMA, uh, but obviously it's hit there before and bounced off. Uh, I, I, I think that this there there is a possibility totally that this is the bottom right but it's a possibility it's not don't take that to the bank okay yes yeah until we have more concrete signals and more macro time frames on our side um i wouldn't be yeah i wouldn't be strapped to any any set position at the moment still ready for any type of volatility in either which direction but again starting entry taking profits in this region of 20 off shorts and just being prepared for what's going to come next, I think is the best thing moving forward. Do any of you guys have any questions? If you do, type them out in the sessions chat, or if you have something some other way. Um, also, quickly on a last minute note, um, I wanted to point out that the altcoin market space right now looks exceptionally well, um, pretty much across the board. Um, altcoins are showing bottoming patterns bullish divergences something is setting itself up for the coming weeks uh, of course until we see macro triple confirmations on our side i'm not glued to any type of thinking but they are looking exceptional and the fact that they're all all the charts are lining up you know if you look like at dogecoin and you look at avax and you look at eth well they're all essentially doing the same path they're all forming out the same type of bottom so Something to be paying attention to. I think that the altcoins may pop before Bitcoin potentially as a pre prepubescent warning for what's to come with the rest of the space. As they usually always do, the money flows into the altcoins where it's a lot easier because of their lower liquidity to pump their prices. And then as soon as Bitcoin starts to take off, um, some of that will get pulled out of the alts. The Bitcoin values will drop and the, the value will essentially shift into bitcoin so just something to pay attention to I, again not a bad idea to be potentially looking for starting entries in the alts but not financial advice you know take everything with a grain of salt and yeah be safe out there my friends enjoy the rest of your wednesdays we love you have yourself a great rest of your day take care ciao